Nothing but the best. The official drive with Lloyd Paul. Access to education for the hearing impaired. Joining me now is Neville Bola Krishna, chairperson of the rehabilitation of the KZN Blind and Deaf Society and disability coordinator at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Good afternoon, Neville. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you doing, Lloyd? Great. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on the show. Now, Thank Neville, you. firstly, tell us about your role at the society and what does it entail? Thanks, Lloyd. The Quasimitial Blind and Deaf Society is, an, is a non-governmental organization that uh, provides services for blind, deaf and deaf-blind persons, as well as blind and deaf persons with additional disabilities. Uh, so the, the core function of the association is rendered through a, the Rehabilitation and Development Committee, which, is, uh, which has a number of arms to its work, from uh, pro- practitioners in early childhood development to rendering professional social work services, uh, which entails a number of, uh, you know, program on its own. For example, family preservation, um, dealing with access to employment opportunities, access to education for for the clients of the society. The society also runs a, a sheltered workshop, uh, which provides a, day, a daily program uh, where blind and deaf and deafblind persons are given the opportunity to become ec- economically active by engaging in a range of, uh, you know, basic uh, work in a, in a sheltered and protected environment. Um, as well, as, 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 as this is, uh, you know, a critical time for the association in terms of uh, education, uh, the association has a long-standing history in terms of prom- promoting access to education for for, for blind, deaf, and deafblind people. And um, you know, we, we we established three schools, uh, as you might know, uh, two for the deaf and one for for the blind. Uh, and our services are towards ensuring that blind and deaf people have access to education and are able to enjoy equitably the offerings of, of uh, education. Now, Neville, how important is access to education for the visually impaired? And maybe take us to that uh, schooling structure as well that they would follow. Sure, sure, Lloyd. Um, you know, our constitution makes it, uh, you know, a right for all, all South Africans to have access to education. However, this access to education has not always been there on an equitable basis for blind, for disabled people in general, and blind and deaf people in particular faced many challenges over the years. And most of these challenges are rooted in, in, in our histories. Uh, there is a history of... Uh, of how disabled people were viewed in the world, um, and of course, in the in the South African apartheid context, um, access to education was quite differentiated in terms of the race groups. And so, if you take the you know uh, the, the non-white community of, of South Africa, uh, access to education was very much rendered by by the likes of uh, the, the, the communities. And in, in the case of the KZN Blind and Deaf Society, he took a group of of, of of uh, individuals to establish education. And so that education uh, was in special schools and uh, the, those, the, 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 the education was very differentiated. It was, uh, for example, if you take a child who's, who's blind, 
uh, access to, to, to school would require a range of support to promote independent skills for that child, uh, to provide a curriculum that is uh, tailored so that that child would be able to access information in tactile forms, including Braille and a range of services. And so too would it be for, for the deaf child. Uh, access to, to education was not there in the same way as it was for, for the white child, for example. And so the society established the, the VN Night School for the Deaf and the, the Durban School for the Hearing Impaired and all of the objective of providing this education. However, when it became a democracy, uh, this, this responsibility uh, became a state responsibility. And the government, the South African government, embraces the, the principle of uh, inclusion and the focus is now on inclusive education. However, uh, while we, while we Lloyd, have had a number of successes with regard to access to education, we still have a long road to go to, ref- to, to refer to the South African education system as being an inclusive education system. Now, you're also the disability coordinator at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. How accommodating are tertiary institutions for people with hearing impairments? Well, you know, Lloyd, if you look at, you look at the world over, less than 3% of deaf people in the world have access to, edu- have had, had, had access to education to the point that they were able to access a university education. That is a, a really small part of, 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 of the education. You take South African universities. Uh, in the South African context, I also serve as the vice chairperson of the Higher Education Disability Services Association of South Africa. And, 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 and in, 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 in the past 10 years, uh, HEDSA has played a very important role in, in making universities accessible by providing critical, uh, critical information uh, to, to announce access. Uh, not all our universities are totally accessible. However, there is an increase in the number of disabled students that are now accessing university education. With regard to the deaf, uh, the university that I work for, uh, we currently have uh, seven students who are South African Sign Language users. In South African universities, uh, you know, the numbers are quite negligible, uh, but not as large as it ought to be. And Lloyd, there's a particular reason for this and a particular history as to why large numbers of students who are deaf are not accessing higher education. And there is a lot to do with, with sign language and the way sign language is developed in the world and, and the way in which deaf education itself has been treated uh, the world over. Now, having said that, Neville, um, what more do you think needs to be done here in South Africa to improve access to education for the hearing impaired? And uh, there are other countries maybe that we can emulate? Yeah. Um, you take, uh, you know, the, the first ever conference on deaf education was held in the 1800s, in 1880. And it was quite a sad conference, actually one of the saddest conferences in the history of disability. It was a conference that actually disempowered dis- hearing impaired people to the extent that it, it actually abolished sign language uh, from the agenda of the teaching program. And for over 90 years, from 1880 to 1970, sign language was actually banned all over the world. However, 
The United States and the United Kingdom are known very often for uh, exporting really bad practices. For the first time, took a lead role in boycotting the, the Milan Conference, and they actually started. The, they actually had promoted, uh, you know, sign language, and and because of that, in 1970, uh, the, the 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 University of Gallaudet, which is in the UK, US. Uh, Gallaudet Lloyd is very interesting to, to know. He's the only university in the world that is for the deaf, by the deaf, to the deaf. So it's like a university of the deaf. And they promote, they promote American Sign Language. Uh, American Sign Language has a history of its own. South Afri- in the South African context, what happened in Milan happened in South Africa. So South Africa actually for a long time had banned sign language as a, as a, as a mode of in, uh, you know, in, uh, engagement for deaf people. However, uh, this changed because, not because of government, but rather because of the resilience of deaf, deaf people themselves. And it was deaf people that actually advocated very strongly that sign language is their language. And in the 1970s, a linguist at the, at the Galilee University actually for the first time uh, made the declaration that sign language is a language with a structure, with a form, and needs to respect, be respected as such. So if the world wants to actually um, see deaf people progress, we need to see sign language progress. And, and the only way this can happen, and in the South African context, sign language is regarded uh, as a developing language. And a uh, lot is being done. Uh, we've had um, you know, sign language now being written at as, as, a, as, a, as a grade 12 examination. And deaf people, are, deaf student learners are actually taking this as a course. And now universities are starting to accept this as a language that students engage in. And must and the instruction has to be in South African sign language. So that is core, Lloyd, in respect of, of deaf persons, is to respect sign language and to respect deaf culture. And um, in many ways, I don't feel absolutely excited about doing this interview because I'm a hearing person and I'm speaking on behalf of the deaf. When in the past it was the hearing world that was oppressing the deaf person, and and we have we we have to and reach a point where the deaf person actually becomes their own advocate and speaks for themselves. And that is one of the principles of the, of the society is to empower deaf people through education to become their, to self-represent and to actually advocate for themselves. We are and this time. is what sign is about. Yeah, that is what TalkSign is about. And we're almost out of time there, Neville. But uh, very quickly, in about 30 seconds, we have our TalkSign competition online as well. We'll be encouraging our listeners to obviously take pictures, do some videos, learn some sign language. And we're building up to TalkSign Day, which is on the uh, 12th of March. What would you like to say very quickly to all our people across the country uh, to get involved and obviously uh, why they should support a TalkSign and the campaign? Lloyd, I think the, first, the, 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 the campaign is built on two pillars, is to actually raise awareness about sign language and the second is to raise resources for the society to be able to be this advocate for the deaf. So I would encourage everybody to support Talk Sign Day and 
if we are honestly committed to seeing the lives of deaf people improve and for communication to increase, support talk sign, wear your sticker, contact the society, purchase purchase a sticker. It'll be wonderful to see companies take the challenge and be able to actually support the society by calling in and pledging its support for this campaign. We'd like the whole of South Africa to make the 12th of March the day in which South Africa says we are putting our hands up and saying to deaf people, we are sorry about the past, but we can actually do something responsibly for the future. And Foxine presents that opportunity. Neville Bali, Krishna, Chairperson of the Rehabilitation at the Kaysen and Blind and Deaf Society and Disability Coordinator at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Thank you very much for joining us and all the best. Thank you very much. Lotus FM. Yeah. Yeah. Share the experience. Yeah.